Welcome back everyone to Chris and Troy do a podcast. I'm Troy Kagan, a business coach who helps independent business owners get more revenue and more time by scaling their business. And I'm here with my good friend and star of the show, Chris Bischoff. So Chris is a PR and social media marketing expert in the environmental and tourism sector in Cape Town, South Africa. He's currently a full-time employee who works remotely and is embarking on the crazy journey of starting his own environmental marketing agency. So on the show, we look at the real-life challenges Chris is facing while starting his business, and we talk about the strategies to overcome them. If you want to help learning and applying everything we talk about, all you have to do is subscribe to the show at troykagan.com. You'll get an email for every episode with the key strategies and activities for you to apply them in your situation. So Chris, my man, bring us up to speed on your last two weeks. Yes, thanks so much, dude. So <laughs> I've been looking forward to um, this episode for quite a while here. It's been so it's been three weeks since our last episode, and I think quite a lot has happened. Um, I would definitely say it hasn't gone according to the plan that I've drawn out. It's not like I had a very strict timeline and plan attached to that. Um, but it's definitely things have turned out different than um, what I expected. So as Troy mentioned, um, so I'm still currently full time employed with a with a marketing agency, environment market, marketing agency, and then um, trying to get the freelance um, or the small business up and running. Um, so what has happened in the last three weeks is that I've actually got a promotion with the wow. full time job. And <laughs> so that kind of came out of the blue. Um, so that also, like, one of the, the um, effect, knockoff effects from that was me having to put a lot more attention and time just to kind of get used to the new role, which is more of like a people's management role. So it's a management position now. Um, so with the full-time job, I've stepped out more of the operational side. So do less of the, you know, the PR strategy and the market, uh, the writing, um, you know, all that operational work. And we where my sole purpose is now focused more on like client management and, you know, managing a team underneath me, which is really, really nice because it's people management is such a like valuable skill to know in terms of running a business. And now I'm really grateful to be able to kind of sink my teeth into that aspect of starting a business. So when that opportunity arose, when I got offered that, I, you know, it took a couple of days or like, you know, a day to think about it. And then I just jumped at that and I thought, you know what, let me just give it a go. Incredible. So, Congratulations. You know, so <laughs> thank you so that was yeah that was kind of, yeah a little bit out of the blue um was not expecting that every time i have been promoted i've always kind of pushed pushed for it you know um and you know been on my boss's case and this kind of just came out of the blue so yeah i've been getting used to that role but with that being said i have um still managed to put quite a bit of time um and um efforts or time and attention into getting the the small business up and running and um which is nice so the i mean i, I mean we last spoke we um spoke about three things that we that i we i should aim at getting done by the time we have the next episode and that was you know find find my first retainer client um get the website started um finalized and then get a couple of business guidelines going, you know, just in terms of creating some sort of consistency or framework for consistency when I have um, other freelancers work for me. Okay. So 
it's quite interesting and um so i've been in terms of finding clients i've been focusing pretty much 100 percent on um finding contract work retain the clients rather than ad hoc work mm -hmm. there was the one contract that we were discussing last time which i had an application for i did not get that unfortunately because in so in south africa we have these regulations called bee um and yeah i'm not a bee registered company i mean i, I mean Still very early days, early phase startups. So there's a lot of um, registrations and certificates that I still need, which I unfortunately don't have. So that was, you know, at least it was a nice, clear reason why I didn't get that contract, you know. Um, and so what I decided to do after that was go out and put some sort of a portfolio together, just a really basic uh, digital portfolio. Um, send it to a couple of local businesses, like in Half Bay, it's where, so that's where I stand. And just so I'd, I, how I would pitch that would be, you know, I am a local business and I want to support other local businesses. Would you be open to meet and discuss or consider taking outsourcing this um, work that I offer? I love it. Um, and so I've got a couple of really nice conversations, in, you know, in the works at the moment. Um then in terms of the business guidelines, that's things that this is, this is I've realized these are things that can are going to be adjusted as I go. So like, you know, my costing structure, for example, for the different services that I offer constantly change um, just because, you know, like sometimes I'll do the work and I feel like, wow, that was a lot of, a lot of effort and just did not feel like it was costed right or, you know, I need to ramp that up a little bit. So it, it's, it does, you know, when you do start um, getting the work and, you know, looking at the costing saying, you know, was that feasible? Was it, um, you know, was it accurately priced? And then, you know, adjust that accordingly. So that's just an example of how I realized business structure and guidelines will be adjusted accordingly as I go, mm -hmm. you know. And that Can you give us an example for that? And, you know, yeah, so... You know, I've also got like a I'm also working on like a bunch of templates. So, for example, like a specific structure on how to write a media release. You know, mm -hmm. so you know I have you know the first um, paragraph should be you know connected to a photo caption, and then you should quote get it, include a quote from the main client, and then a quote from like the partners. That's not always applicable to every client because there's not always, say, for example, partners involved or there's not always the need for a photo caption. It's just, you know, it's mm -hmm. you need to be versatile in terms of these things, you know, and it's, it's nice to have structure in place and step-by-step -step documents, but also it's nice to have that versatility. Um you know, so it's it's this is gotcha. this is the things that I'm still trying to figure out. You know, it's um, I, I definitely don't have it figured out at the moment. So that's something that's still yeah, I'm yeah, definitely still trying to figure out. Mm -hmm. And then the websites. <laughs> so, so this is uh, what says a bit of a bottleneck at the moment, and it's just. Uh, so I I am by no means um, a website developer. So this is a skill that I've learned by myself. And it's just, it's just, I don't know, I seem very conscious about putting out a website that I'm not entirely happy with. It's done. I've told myself, Chris, this looks cool. 
but you know essentially it is my portfolio and if i'm going to pitch you know using via my website using my website it's uh, it's a big step to, to you know to uh, it's it's something that I'm even considering, uh, you know, getting a designer in to help me out with my website. Just taking, just you know, biting the bullet, saying, "Chris, you know, this is maybe not your area of expertise. Focus on business development. You've done, you've put the basic website infrastructure in place, but you get get a designer to, to you know, put the final touches in, and you can be stoked. You 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 can be happy with it. So that's even what I'm considering at the moment, because <laughs> now now I find that I'm literally playing around and messing with the designs, the logo sizes, different fonts. So, yeah. <laughs> Got you. Got you. So that's, that's um, quite a, it's, I know it's quite a lengthy summary, but that's what's No, that was perfect. That was amazing. Weeks. Wow. Massive, massive, massive few weeks. Uh, okay. So that's so exciting. <laughs> so I would love to start with the website just because you mentioned the word bottleneck and that's the most exciting thing for any business to scale, any business to grow or any business to be the potential ready to be unleashed is where you identify bottlenecks. So the case that you really identified yeah. one means there's lots we can work on. And then I also can't wait to get to the business guidelines. Let's talk about, and it's such a real thing about you need yeah. the flexibility. So we're going to start talking about there has to be how what what can you do what's the best solution um in order to have that structure but remain flexible and and not waste too much time either on doing it and as well as the organic outreach which you've done which is incredible going to local businesses identifying yeah. local that's amazing so i would love to hear um how how what your statistics were for example meaning how many did you talk did you approach and out of those how many did you talk to and what were your strategies and what came out of it and we can look at expanding that it's incredible so wow massive three weeks yeah. okay let's jump in so the website cool yeah go for it <laughs> so how the, yeah. so the core thing that you said that stuck out the most is it doesn't feel ready okay and this is a massive thing with every business owner has this with myself included with so many different things, we get to that point where we don't feel like it's ready. And the classic stricture, classic um, scripture for this, um, especially with work like Lean Startup, where in the Silicon Valley um, mm. mindset about you have to just, uh, or it's better to be focused on just pushing things out as quickly as possible and learning as you go. Many business owners struggle because they're like, it doesn't feel ready. And what they talk about, and a really good theory is, what's ready, what you perceive as ready will very often be very different to what a, a customer perceives as ready. And meaning, yeah. a lot of the time, people waste time where the customer wouldn't even made note the difference. For example, in my own business, with my coaching programs, I once spent so much time doing these PDFs and these goddamn PDFs. I remember changing fonts and changing colors and changing everything. And when I did a yeah. next program, and, and we carried on the program and it was fine, and, and I asked for feedback about how they were like the materials and they were happy about it and then for my next program i need to do something completely new and i didn't have the time so i literally just um, just threw up a google document and just made these black text headings for them and i the, the most fascinating thing yeah. was they did not care at all in my mind that was unacceptable like unacceptable and i was missing out on branding and all of these things and it may be true <laughs> when we're talking about a massive brand and things like that but on the scale that i was doing it just finding Client by client, just going slowly, starting a business from scratch, they, it made no difference to them. All they wanted was the actual outcome that they were going to get and the results they were going to get. And that was my first um, insight into or realization of how 
true the theory is here where I was obsessing and wasted a lot of time over something they didn't really care about. So I'm very interested to know, first of all, what, how is your website right now and what would be different for it to be ready? So it's it's definitely right now it's a design aspect, um, and so all the content and the written so the copy is all 100% complete. It's up there. All the information about the business it's it's all there on the website. It's you know, and I, I always tell myself you know like the the website is the face of your business. You know that's you know if you want to tell someone about your website, I mean about your company, send them the website. It should all be there. And so the thing is, I'm very, in terms of design, I'm very detail orientated and I got like heavy OCDs. So <laughs> um, I tend to notice like, and I mean, I, so I did also study graphic design mm -hmm. um, directly out of matrix. I do have. So you're cursed with degree, knowledge. <laughs> yeah, I do have to some degree a good um, eye for design. And also another thing is that like I'm on a lot of these um, freelance graphic design PR and marketing, um, social media groups, you know, like on Facebook and LinkedIn where, you know, freelancers like will, you know, advertise or, you know, post about their services. And, you know, I, I can't help but going and going to go compare my websites to, um, you know, other people's websites. And then that's when I, you know, that comparison is when I start like noticing like, oh, the changes and what I could do better. And it's, yeah, so it's, um yeah i think like bottlenecks the it's it's done <laughs> but <laughs> i love bottleneck, this <laughs> it's like the most accurate way to describe my I got situation you, I got with the website at the moment okay <laughs> so this is beautiful especially when you mention the social media so this is what i meant and this is what the theory talks about, especially Lean Startup. I mention it again because it really pushes hard. So if anyone's struggling, particularly with this, that's a very good um, concept to start learning about. So what we're going to identify now is what do your customers actually want and what are the impacts of this website going to be? Because mm. when, especially when you're starting a business, the problem, and I said now when you're talking about being a graphic designer, that you're cursed with knowledge. And what I mean is mm. you know what better is. And when you're starting a business, it's so often so much better for you not to have a clue about what better actually is. Because knowing what better yeah. is, but not having the time or resources to invest in getting there just makes people stop. And it causes procrastination and it completely messes up our productivity. And it makes us go around in circles like you were mentioning before. And going around in circles is the worst thing that can happen when we're starting a business because there are so many little steps you still need to get through. Um, like you're experiencing with the, the pitch that you made for the client was amazing. So you're realizing, okay, this was a blocker, the BE contract, there's all these new things we need to talk about. And wasting, spending any time that's unnecessary on things that aren't making us learn from our market, that is death yeah. to our potential business. That's really, really, really dangerous. And when I say dangerous, I just mean in reality, uh, it's just postponing where you're going to get eventually. So when we talk about your website currently, what do you want your website to, to achieve? I, I want it to be a portfolio. So, and, and this is why I, when I did like this local... Um, you know, networking and reaching out to local businesses, I, I sent them a digital digital portfolio, like a, you know, a PDF, um, like, you know, presentation, and then, 
you know, with a couple of links to published work and things like that. Um, I should have sent them my website, have a look at my website to have a look at the work that I do and what I offer. Uh, but I just felt like, because I felt like the website was unready, I didn't do that and opted for the digital portfolio. Mm-hmm. So that's what my website needs to be. It needs to clearly be, and, and this is why I, I know I know I should not be spending more like so much time on it. Um, but because it's you know web like the the design of a website or it's it's in terms of the marketing and PR space, it's um, a form of visual ex- external communication, and that's kind of like one of the services um, that I'm offering. So you know, kind of got to walk the talk in a way. And so that's why I see um, having a good, visually appealing, well-designed website as being very important, um, if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely, that does. And I'm so glad you went there because my next question or where I'm going to guide this is, so we will not know the right answer. There, 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 will be <laughs> a, there will be thousands of experts who would tell you right now that the most important thing is that you get your website looking good. And there will be a thousand other experts on in something else who will tell you the most important thing is that you get your customers burning through as many as you can and talking about your website because you're going to evolve your website as you go. So yeah. we, as a business owner, you are never going to know the right answer, like ever. So the a yeah. core a core practice and exercise becomes decision making. So this is all about a successful business person is so good at decision making. And they didn't start out good. They got practice more and more and more. And over time, they realized that they are never going to know the right answer. So they have to start practicing and to make it become a habit, making decisions based on the best possible outcome that they believe. So Mm -hmm. this isn't about what's the right answer. So we often get stuck in like a hamster wheel inside when we are doing something, when we're cursed with knowledge. So perfect example, you in this case, you are cursed with knowledge about what a good website should look like, okay? Or what it can look like. And so you're comparing that. And the worst of all as well, you're comparing it to other people. And I say that's worst of all because what we really want to do is find customers who want the outcome that you're going to give them. And so when you're comparing it to other people, other companies could be bringing in a hundred thousands and you're just trying to bring in a thousand, you know, when, when a business owner is trying to bring in their first client or their first 10 clients, don't, don't compare yourself to people who are bringing in a thousand clients a month. Because it's a different world. It's a complete different world. So it's very, very dangerous. But you mentioned something really important that you want to walk the walk the talk, as you said. So in your mm-hmm. sector, and that's that can be completely true. Again, we don't know the right answer. So we could say, in my case of the example I gave earlier, uh, I'm a consultant. It doesn't matter what my visual design. I'm not a designer or a visual design. All I'm going to do is teach people strategies to improve their business. And, and talking about giving them systems to apply to their own lives and their own productivity and scaling up their business, it has very little to do, almost nothing to do with design and, and visual effects. So it can be the case, absolutely, that in your case, it's going to, it could make or break, or we could, to be less extreme, we could say it might help you a little bit to have a good looking website, or it might hurt you a little bit to have a bad looking website. So yeah. we don't know the answer. So your task yeah, now, and- yeah, go for it. Yeah, and, and so this is the so this is also the, one of the big um, mental blocks why I've been so obsessed like obsessing over you know the, the website aspect is 
I think one of my first clients um, that I had when I started freelancing was I had to develop a website for a um, travel blogger. And, you know, I managed to do it within, I think, a week and a half. And, yeah, so, you know, and it's the outcome was good. The client was happy. So I was like, cool, you know, that's something that I could add to a service, you know, but if I'm going to add that, I need a solid looking website. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to offer website design, you better have a good website. So, yeah, it's, that's kind of like the mental headspace I got into, you know, on the website, but it, I completely understand um, where, you know, where you're coming from. And, you know, it's, it's something that, yeah, it's, it should not be interfering with my, you know, pro productive hours during the day now. Okay, perfect. So that's exactly it. You look at the contradiction that every business owner faces, and it's what you're in right now. I shouldn't be spending that time on XYZ. Yet every day, I continue to either spend the time doing this, running this hamster wheel, <laughs> or I completely avoid it. And what mostly happens is for a long time, people do the hamster wheel and then they just start completely avoiding it. So this is a beautiful predicament because I promise you, this is not the first time you're going to be in this situation. There's going to be many, many, many times. So we know that we don't, we can't possibly know the right answer. So that's the first step here is understanding, okay, I cannot know the right answer. So now, and we talked about how decision making is the most important thing because your job, what you have to do, the most important thing by far that you have to do is move forward. And when you're faced yeah. with a blocker, you can't move forward. So yeah. it becomes, it starts out about these interesting and fun intellectual things. For example, I can't tell you how many entrepreneurs start their entrepreneurial career with, in, in inverted commas by starting their website and then halfway through the website, they stop and they never go any further. It's because when you start a website, that is a fun intellectual game you're playing. You're saying, okay, I could, I think there's this problem with this market. Now, I think this is how customers might see this thing. This, is, this can be a cool way to do it. And so they start yeah. creating the website, and it's really fun, and it's really exciting. But that's the first half of the scale. So you go all the way onto the other side where you have to actually launch this thing, and it's not anymore this fun intellectual game. Instead, it's a real-life thing when you're putting your reputation at stake and you're trying to create something in the world that you want to create. And that comes with countless. I mean, I spend hours and hours and hours coaching business owners on procrastination, self-belief, habit creation. And we do that because it's not as simple as just putting it out into the world. There are all these little blockers that come with it. So yeah. in this situation that you're in right now, we realize that, it started out, this website thing started out as an interesting thing that was quite fun to do. And now it's turned into a blocker. Okay, that's a good setting <laughs> to look at because this is going to happen over and over again with lots of different aspects of your business. So now how do we solve this? It's, we solve this by knowing that in order to succeed in your business does not mean you need to create a perfect website. In order for you to succeed in your business means you have to consistently move forward. That's the most important thing by far. Yeah. So our, our goal here isn't, okay, how can we make sure you get the best website? It's how can you move forward? And what, you're, what you need to be noting and being very aware of is you are, you're starting to understand your own procrastination and your own level of productivity. And so we've identified here that first I asked you questions to find out 
okay, is this website actually important or does it not matter at all? And you've stated very rightfully that the, there are one side, there are new products you would like to add, but then your website needs to be representative of uh, and, and walk the talk. And just mm-hmm. for the customers you have a, immediately, you feel like, depending, given your experience and your industry knowledge, that having a good website or having a well-designed website is going to play a big part in you getting sales. Okay, so that's the most reasoning that you can possibly do. Not, there's there's going to be nothing more. So you need to then accept that, okay, for you to move forward, you are not moving forward without having this website at those standards. And we know why now. So now you have two different options you can take. One is you could reconcile with your idea of what is ready. And you could say, um, you could try adjust that belief. And you could say, okay, I used to think that I need this perfect thing, but now I'm going to, I want to start experimenting and I want to find out um, if that is really true. So I'm going to go live with the current one I have and see what happens. And I guarantee you, if you do that and you start getting clients, that will be all the evidence you need. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean that having a better website won't help you, but it means that yeah. you didn't need that level of website to get started. And remember, we're talking about your one to ten first customers. So that's one option that you have. Or the other option that you mentioned right at the beginning, which I'm so glad you're already thinking about, is delegation, meaning you pay someone to do that website for you. Yeah. So, and there would be a third arm which people talk about, but I bring this up just because many people think about this one, but I, I, I'm quite strongly against this in most cases where people say, well, I'm going to take a, a, a website building course. So when they'd say okay. that, okay, so when people say that, the reason I'm so against that is because your mindset is saying that you have to solve every problem. And in order to be a business owner, this is not the case at all. In order to be a business owner, you have to train other people to solve problems that you identify. That's the core, core skill. And that's why it's so amazing that your promotion, that you're getting used to that. That's what you need to be good at. And we talked about getting your business guidelines going, getting instructions going. It's all about delegating because you cannot possibly have enough time. So when someone says, I'm just going to learn how to be a web designer and get better, to me, that's just saying that your mindset is, if you need to get anything done right, you have to do it yourself. And you will never grow this business like that. It's going to be very, very difficult. And it's a bad habit to get into. So out of those three options, um, which one do you feel like? And just to recap, so the first one would be to um, reconcile how you currently feel about it and go with what you would probably call below standard website and to experiment with that or hire someone else or um, learn how to improve at doing a website and then do it. Which one do you feel like you would like to move towards? Can I tell you, I'm, I'm at the moment, I'm on the decision of hiring someone else to do that. Um, because I, I know a couple, you know, I got a couple of good friends who um, know web development and, you know, design. So I know who exactly who I would go straight to. And I feel like I've learned enough from the process myself and spent enough time on it that it's just, it makes the most sense to go outsource it and to have someone else do it for me. Fantastic. So that's what I'm going to do. Okay. So how does that look yeah. over the next two weeks? <laughs> Decision made. <laughs> and so now tell me Sorry. how that looks. How does that look in your next two weeks? How do we execute on this idea? Yeah. So I, I know um, it's, so 
it's basically so I know who, who to go to. Uh, I got a couple of people in mind. I'm sitting down with them, explaining my um, what my vision for my brand identity should be, um, and telling them how the website should execute that and um, display that, and essentially have it be designed to be an online portfolio. So, briefing the designer or the person who's going to be developing the website, working with them to get it done within the next two weeks, um, because. I wouldn't want someone, it's all on WordPress. So all the basic infrastructure is there, all the content's up there. It's just the design, I need a designer to sit with this thing, figure it out. Someone who has the eye, um, who has more experience than me and get it done. So Amazing. yeah, Beautiful. it's just. And when would you like to have a, comp <laughs> why, when would you like the website to be completed by? I mean, you alluded to it now. You said two weeks. Is that, would you like to have it completed by two weeks? Yes. So um, when we, yeah, so end of September. Okay. And so we are on the 14th of September right now. So when are you going to... What? Yes. So let's just say um, by... Okay. Yeah, let's just say by the 30th of September. Okay, so if that's completed, then we need to scale back. And so obviously before that, you need to find the designer and you said you already have him in mind, which is great, or him or her. And so when are you going to contact yeah. this person? Probably Monday okay. after the weekend. So yeah. you're going to contact them on Monday. And Monday will be, I'm looking at my calendar, Monday the 16th. Okay, great. Yes. Monday the 16th. Yeah. So that's two, two working weeks. Two okay. full working weeks. Okay, perfect. Because again, this is another one I can't, this is such a beautiful one because we can talk about this in two weeks and see how it goes. Because again, oh, us, yes. us, yeah, us fixating <laughs> on, and here's another point where we're saying these, um, I mean, we'll talk a lot more another time about scheduling and time pressures and stuff, but there's no point in fixating on when you think it's going to be done because unexpected things are going to come up, they might be busy, blah, blah, blah. So it, we all we want is a general idea of when to have that done. And so the final question for the website, how will you know when it is done? Oh, that's a tricky one. I, I, I think I just need to suck up my obsessiveness and trust the person who's going to be designing the website. And, you know, if it puts a smile on my face the first time I open the link, I'm, you know, then I'll be cool, you know? Correct. Take it off. It's done, Chris. <laughs> Except... I love that. I've never heard that before. Okay, great. And again, so so all of these things, this is such, this is why I love this podcast series so much because all of this is such a learning experience that there is, I, I we can't possibly know if any of these are going to work or not. So we all we can do is hypothesize and then look. So let me put some smile on my face and we'll learn more about that. Maybe we'll realize it didn't put a smile on your face and then it took a month later to do and blah, blah, blah. And then we realize it's three months down the line. Okay, next time, not put a smile on my face. Instead, I'm going to ask a, a prospective customer what they think. So that's how these strategies will evolve. Um, okay, so okay. for now, this is great. So, okay. Tell me about the, that's finished with the website. That's really, really, really amazing. And so good Business because guidance. so many people have, um, are in similar lines, uh, similar lanes to that. Okay, so quickly <laughs> tell me about the business yeah. guidelines. So, yes, you, so, yeah, go for it. So the, the idea behind the business guidelines is, so I want to get this developed, as I develop this um, business, 
Um, well, so right now, what I've done is I've gathered um, or I've built a network of freelancers. So instead of having employees, I sent out a um, quick registration link to um, a couple of freelancing platforms and gathered my own um, database of freelancers. So work with some, um, which you know I've had mixed experiences. So, and this, what, what this made me realize is that I need to have some sort of infrastructure in place that um, creates or can lead to consistency. So, you know, when you do work for, for the, the business, um, you know, no matter who you are, you know that these are the guidelines. This is the step-by-step -step to follow. This is the template that you use, you know. Mm -hmm. So when you submit a work, it will be the same person or it will be the same quality. One person will submit work that is the same quality as the next person, um, even though they've never met each other, um, just because the guidelines and the structure and the templates have guided them to submit work that is of consistent quality, of the same quality. So that's the idea behind it. I mean, it's. I think a lot of businesses have those, you know, have templates and infrastructure in place and step by steps and training documents to do all of this. And I think it's it's necessary for consistency. You know, I can't do all the work by myself. I need to have to rely on um, freelancers, and we all work remotely. So I cannot sit next to someone and teach them or baby step them or spoon feed them on how to do this. Mm -hmm. I need to develop, you know, this infrastructure, hand it over to them and be, be able to trust that the work will come out, you know, with, you know, the, the business's brand, the stamp, you know, this yes. is the quality of work that you can expect. Absolutely. So how's it going so far? How's your experience in creating these systems? Yes, so um, I've created a couple of templates um, just for um, social media posts, um, you know, press release writing, blog post writing. So yeah, it's um, it's definitely work in progress. And what I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast is that I find I it's. You know, I've worked with quite a diverse range of clients, and um, you know, I've been, I've got two clients that I write, write media releases for, and one, the template that I developed from the one client, um, the, my first client for that I was starting to write media releases for, I developed that into a template, kind of put the con, took the content out and said, you know, this is what the intro paragraph should be about. Yeah, you should include a quote. Um, that didn't necess wasn't necessarily applicable to the other client that I write for, so it's 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 trying to, you know, it's, it's it is about establishing these templates. However, it is the you know the PR and marketing industry is it's a creative industry, so you don't want to uh, you do, you do want to be versatile. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, okay, so in this. What are some of the when you think about creating a template? Give me what was what did you call an example? Like a press release? Did you say like something no, like that you'll be doing? Release. Okay, great. So when we're writing templates, and you're absolutely right that it gets more and more difficult to make it um, particular to each each specific situation. Of course, with experience and doing it enough times, sometimes you can create systems that account for most of the important tasks that happen. 
But before we get there, you can often look at themes. So it's, I love the way you put it. That uh, That's so great. I'm definitely using that. I'm stealing that from you. That you want your, <laughs> the aim of your systems is that two separate people, two remote freelancers could produce the same level of quality without ever meeting. That's fantastic. That's beautiful. So, yeah. So that's, um, that's that. I mean, yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> so, so, and that's perfect analogy. So when, what are the, when you talk about your press release, what are some of the, the concepts and the principles that you want them to meet without saying, let's say, okay, to make it more specific, why do you put a quote in? It's just, um, so you, you have a voice directly from the client, you know, so it's, for example, um, oh, I can't think of, the, uh, of an example now, but so it's, you know, you always want, um, you know, say like the director or, um, the, you know, mm -hmm. whoever is at the company, um, you know, of the client, you want that to position them as, you know, the opinion leader or the thought leader, like within that industry, you know, Fantastic. this is a, a person that has, you know, the experience. And, Great. And in a, in a situation so, where a quote wouldn't be applicable, why are quotes not applicable in some, but they are in others? Um, that's a tough one. That just comes down to client preferences, you know, um, because some people, uh, you know, have a, so the clients where the, they don't like to be quoted is because a lot of time when we send out a press release, so this is quite interesting, is that the person that's quoted in the press release, if we send it out to a bunch of journalists and media, there's a good chance that there's going to be a request from the media, maybe a radio station, that they would like to do an interview with that person. Um, and so with this company that doesn't want to be quoted, they don't specifically feel comfortable doing interviews um, on radio and in media, so they are specifically not to be quoted. So I'm like, okay, cool, that's fine. Um, it is it is an opportunity that you guys should be taking, but if you don't feel comfortable with speaking on radio, that's fine, because that's the, the objective of a media release. You, you send it like a raw story out uh, to a bunch of you know your media list, you know, which includes print, radio, and online media. And then you get uh, it gets picked up by by some contacts in the media list, and you know an opportunity might come like a you know a radio interview live or pre-recorded, and if you are quoted in there, you are that spokesperson, um, and there's a good chance that you're going to be asked to speak on radio. <laughs> mm -hmm. And this yeah, so this client just wasn't they were like no. <laughs> okay, that's amazing. Not that's fun. really 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 interesting. Um, I didn't know that at all. So. Okay, so in that situation, when you've got your guidelines and you feel like something is important, right? So you want your style to be to be clear. You want these two freelancers who've never met each other to be able to produce the same level of quality. It sounds like it's quite important to put in. It's going to be lots of these things, right? Like um, like you were just saying, um, insert a quote to have the voice of the client and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's something mm. that's quite applicable. But you've identified now. Um, and just to ask you quickly, is it more often that you have a quote than not? Um, yes. Okay. So, yeah, so that's more, great. So ninety percent of press releases that great. we send out have perfect, perfect. Have so that's a great example because our systems aren't going to be a hundred percent for every single situation. But that doesn't mean that we yeah. need to not make systems. It means that we need to improve our systems in order to capture all of this. So what if? Yeah. 
you had your standard um, instructions and guidelines on how to create a whatever your company name is um, that standard of press release okay and so including yeah. that somewhere at the top would be something like um, include a find and include a quote and then you would have a little blurb a little description on why the quotes important and examples of good quotes examples of bad quotes okay so this anyone mm -hmm. could read this and kind of cover this now what if you've got all of these are your standard guidelines, but then before your standard guidelines start, you have client-specific specifications, okay? Yes. Uh, so that would mean before they read the standards, yeah, go for it. No, I was saying this comes down from sitting with the client and getting the expectations, you know, that's... that's yes, and is that something yeah. you imagine? I imagine you would continue to do that. Is that something that you would do? personally yeah okay perfect because your job is to manage a team of people so if you are the front-facing person and you speak with the clients you speak with them and then you have your ready-to-go guidelines but for every ready-to-go guidelines you have a bunch of client-specific notes that go at the very top that they must adhere to and in this case in your client-specific notes they could be you could make and this will depend on your industry and it'll come with your experience but you could make sets of instructions that are clear and they are prepared for for example yeah. if you've got uh, your quotes and things but you set a make a set pair of language like in in red it says exclude or something like that and you go you say quote uh, image uh, length of words or whatever you want and if you train yeah. your team to see when there are those excludes then they exclude that out of their document then that's a way you can still automate that process. Does that make sense? So this, yeah. So this is this is yeah. And just to add to this, because this is like it's also just to touch on like industry-based practices in terms of um, media relations and media releases. There's just you know, there's a specific type of media release that gets picked up more often, and you know that those are the short, punchy ones. You know, the 400 words, no more than 500 words. It answers the who, what, when how and why um you know it's got good punctuation um and things like that so there's it's like standard practice that you know it's just like a tick box thing you you know it's mm -hmm. it, yeah so it's 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 formatting in a sense mm -hmm. and it's so little, is, little, this, is this applicable yeah. sorry and so when you're saying that so are they are you saying there's already a set of these guidelines and formats yeah, so it's, it's it's basically yeah, it's industry standard, um, and this is what I've noticed when I mean I've done a lot of writing courses and you know different writing courses, and they always say like you know when you do write a press release, it's got to um, answer the who, what, when, when, how, and why. So it's yeah, not to get to, into too um, too much detail, but like who, like who is who are who is involved in the story, um, no why, like why did why did this why did they invest in this project, for example, gotcha. um, and like when when did this take place? Because when's like obviously very important because when we're trying to get into the media, like media wants to pick up things that are newsworthy. So if you're covering an event, for example, send out that media release on the day of, of the event because it's newsworthy. In a week's time, it's not going to be newsworthy and you, you're not going to get it picked up in any newspapers or on radio. Mm -hmm. So that's very important as well. Nice. That's really interesting. Okay, so in terms of the creating these guidelines, 
is this does that help you move forward like does it make sense how you can a possible strategy to move forward with creating the exclusions or specific cases per client yeah absolutely so that's interesting so i i mean i feel like i've got the whole press release um you know guidelines down and um you know, I definitely do think having a client specific in terms of establish, establishing those um, expectations is okay. Great. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like I've 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 got that up to speed, which is which is quite nice. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so, so were there? I, I assume that was the biggest challenge. Were there any other challenge, big challenges facing with the guidelines at this stage? Uh, not. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those things. That's the part that's I see it's run pretty smoothly at the moment. I'm pretty sure there will be challenges coming up um, when I work with more freelance. I mean, the freelancers, likely the freelancers that I have worked with, have been incredible, like amazing, and I've learned a lot from them in terms of, you know, establishing standards. You know, right. That's so amazing. I've been lucky on that, and just you know, good work ethic and just reading briefs properly and you know <laughs> so awesome. i've been pretty lucky with that and i've never had so far i haven't had um you know freelancers submit like really bad quality work likely okay which is okay. nice and so what is your do you have a yeah. goal timeline on how far you would like to get these guidelines or, or what stage are you at or are you actually finished with most of them yeah so i, I am finished with most of them um so, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's something that I can, uh, at the moment, well, I haven't at least in the past week put any more time or focus on because they are there. Um, you know, every now and again, I'll go back and, like, adjust something um, just to make sure something is more clear, you know. Awesome. Um, Fantastic. Okay, that's great. Yeah, so, so yeah, I'm not with so your... indicating it. I, I don't put, like, I mean, I have a pretty intense um, structured to-do list it's put it put it this way it's not something that i write down on my daily to-do list got you got you okay because they're already in place that's awesome um okay and so then lastly tell us about your organic outreach how how was that yeah so oh this is my favorite part of the whole the whole process it's just because i like working with people and i find that and, and this is when we when we did our first podcast you mentioned this thing you know people like to do business with people mm -hmm. and that has stuck with me so like so nicely and it's one of the, the favorite things that we spoke about um and yeah i mean what i found is that you know on these freelancing um pages you know a lot of people would publish um, a request for proposals or you know people to submit contracts or or their you know proposals to do retainer work and i i was submitting a bunch of proposals and you know i got um i got like a meeting with this one lady this is the one the contract that didn't end up getting so it was like it it always started with me finding the this retainer op these retainer opportunities online without actually meeting the people first where i thought okay instead of actually looking for these things why don't i just put together some sort of digital portfolio um an email draft an email that i can you know like an email template that i can literally just customize put the person's first name and the company name and send out a bunch of emails to local businesses in Harbei that are close to me so you know like um hotels 
you know, part of the whole tourism thing. Um, I went to the old um, company that I interned with, a local environmental NGO, um, another local wine farm. So I think I sent out about 12 emails. Awesome. And I got a response from most of them. Um, had five meetings. Wow. And all of these, yeah, so all of these conversations, these are all, so uh, the one um with um, the one company, I've it isn't. I have. I'm doing work for them. It's not a retainer. It's um, not a contract. It's just more kind of like a pilot project. So I'm reviewing their website and all that. It's just like the copy and the content on their website and also their social media page. It's just kind of like a pilot project. So it's it's building the network, getting my name out there, and just keeping the conversations going. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's such good work. That is such good work, especially in your industry. And yeah. going local, if people can, is always such an important first step. Um, yeah. And exactly like what you're talking in- about. It's, yeah. <laughs> great, great. And then to, to, yeah, to build on to that quote um, that you were saying, uh, and it goes even further, that people like to do business with people they like is the fundamental yeah. when when that's so cool that um that you've driven that forward and the results are insane i mean a 40 percent rate meeting rate is incredible and exactly what you say yeah. it's meeting people because it's never just about selling people things right now they might be ready six months from now 12 months from now 18 months from now they might be ready and what you want is them to have you in mind so that's so important and they could know other people who might who might want to know you so really especially in this digital age getting to meet people and i know it's what people hate to hear the most because um it's the most difficult and the most slow and the most laboring to go out and meet people face to face but look at any extremely successful person and i'll show you successful relationships that they've built with people around them it really does make a difference and, and this is the thing, and this is why I chose Harpe, because Harpe, like, I mean, as you know, because you used to live in Harpe, is a very small community. Like, people know people. Like, oh, everyone knows everyone. And, you know, and when I first started the whole freelancing thing, you know, I requested meetings where, we, you know, we would someone would live in, you know, Malkbos or, you know, the other end of Cape Town. And we took, like, a month to, like, eventually get this meeting arranged and going. Whereas in Harpe, it's like, email the person they get back to you on the same day cool let's meet like maybe wednesday then it's it's so and it's let's just meet for a coffee or you know it's anywhere um it's, so it's it's i'm using that aspect of community and uh, just to to my advantage you know beautiful and you know how best that's that's the nice thing about it <laughs> incredible fantastic Okay, so we've covered a lot of great stuff. So just to cover the three main concepts and main themes we've been over. So the first one is what we're talking about right now, organic outreach. My goodness, organic outreach is so, so good. And it goes further than what you're doing. You talked about the emails. I'm currently with my coaching program doing organic outreach just via email. And it makes such a difference when your aim is not how can I sell something to the stranger immediately, when it changes from that to how can I actually just start talking to this person. It like makes such a difference. Them. Absolutely. Yeah. Connecting with them fun. and building a network. And it is fun. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. That's a big, big, big topic because it will be fun for certain people and other people will 
either it genuinely won't be fun for them or there's a huge group of people who would actually love to be doing it but they're a bit shy or they're a bit um they have a bit of fear there so work through and when you get to the point that you feel confident enough to have those conversations then it really 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 is fun and we know from personal experience if they just jumped in they would find people that they like and connect with but i understand perfectly there are big blockers but that's a conversation for another time but what you're doing is amazing so organic outreach is a podcast dedicated to organic outreach and networking yes (laughs) yes that's true. That's such a good idea. We'll think about this. Okay, that's so like a, it's like a, it's a personal people's skill. <laughs> okay, so we've got organic outreach, and then the second thing we spoke about, uh, with which we started with, was the website. So the yeah. website was huge, and we talked about this concept of ready for business owner versus ready for customer. What is good oh. enough? So that's the the core thing that I work with so many clients. So what is good enough? You need to really ask yourself and think about what is good enough. Am I, what does my perfection mean here? Does my perfectionism actually mean if I launch like this, I am going to fail um, or it's actually going to damage or for many people's cases, not necessarily in yours, can I actually launch like this and get the results I wanted anyway? And we discovered that the core thing was you aren't going to possibly know the right answer. You just have to practice your decision-making and make sure you're continually moving forward. So you identified a blocker and using the information at your disposal, you chose to make a decision, which was in this case, get a designer to do it. And you're going to contact the designer on Monday, the 16th of September. That's two days from now. And you're going to talk to them about giving them, explaining your vision and brand and telling them, which I think is a great idea, from the outset that this website is not just a simple website, it is a design portfolio and an online portfolio for your business, which is great. And you're going to hope to have that achieved by the 30th of September, similar to when we'll chat again. So we'll see how that goes. And then yeah. the a big concept that came out of from that conversation as well was when you're looking to find your first customer, don't compare yourself to a competitor who's getting a thousand customers per month. That can be really, really dangerous and that can stagnate someone. And so often, I would say almost always, the people who have a thousand customers per per month are completely different than when they had one customer per month. And you really use different categories, different tactics and strategies to get to A than you do to get to B. So be careful of comparing too much. And then we have the final one, which was the business guidelines, which sounds like you've got wrapped up which is I'm working with a lot of clients right now. So this is becoming a big thing for independent business owners, especially remote ones, is how can Mm. you systemize your business? Meaning you go from a freelancer, meaning you do everything, to going to a business, meaning you instruct other people to do things at the quality that you produce things. Very difficult thing to do. And it comes by literally writing down instructions and steps into how to do each task. And we talked about the creating when you're creating documents and instructions they can be different in lots of different scenarios so one way to account for that is on top of your general instructions creating client specific notes that's something that will be very scalable so you as you have your meeting with them can do that and you train your team to be able to prioritize those notes to make adjustments but i'm sure with that also that's a whole massive world the world of creating guidelines instructions and as you go on to develop yours um we will um I'm sure keep working on these to go more set. Okay. So much amazing stuff. So just to wrap up, what are your final thoughts and what are your three biggest aims that you're going to try to get done in the next three weeks, uh, two weeks? Next, yeah, two weeks. Um, Yeah, so 
yeah, my final thoughts is uh, firstly, this podcast and this discussion with you was incredible. So much valuable insight. And for someone that, you know, to hear, you know, from someone that has been business coaching and has, you know, heard so many people's stories in, in terms of starting a business, it's so nice just to have like an outside uh, perspective, you know, someone other than myself. Um, so, firstly, thank you for that. It's been really incredible. <laughs> Yeah, and um, yeah. Secondly, it's just I'm having a, a lot of fun with this, and um, you know, I know there's, there's certain aspects that I do get stuck with. You know, I do get obsessive over the website, and I, I just need to learn um, to let go of that and focus on progression and moving forward, as you said. And I think that's extremely important right now. And I feel like the the thing where I move forward the most. Um, and I, I know where it's, where I feel like the business is going well is with the, the organic outreach, you know, and meeting people and making the connections and building the network because, you know, I, I keep a database. I, when I collect business cards, it goes straight into the database. And it feels good to know that my database is growing. And these people, it's not just contacts. These are people that I've had conversations with and had meetings with and spoken to. So it's, it's a um, valuable database, you know. And so that's where I feel like I'm progressing the most. It's, it's also because I like to do it. That's like part of the business that I like to do the most. Um, yeah, so in terms of the next two weeks, so definitely the big one is the website done. Um, and I actually just, I'm so keen just to get that out of my hands and pass that on to someone who has that, the, you know, the, um, creative or like the design capacity along with my <laughs> vision of a brand identity, just to get that one ticked off. Um, then I definitely want to, you know, with this organic outreach is, you know, I haven't found a retainer client yet from it. I know I've been very active, but I do want to, to get, to get some solid contract work out of that. So just continue on that path, um, continue doing that networking, reaching out. And, you know, I, I should even probably look a little bit further out of how bear, um, you know, so yeah, just to continue that and get, get a contract. <laughs> so that's, that's my big, another big goal for the next two weeks. So hopefully by the next time we have our next podcast, I can say, I got, I got the contract. <laughs> I got my first contract. I love it. I love yeah. it. Okay. Awesome. Amazing. Um, as always, it's such a pleasure and I will speak to you in two weeks. Amazing, dude. Yeah, that was that was incredible. Um, thank you so much. Thank you, my brother. <laughs> Looking forward soon. to the two weeks. Likewise. Ciao. Cool, man. And there you have it. I really enjoyed having this chat with Chris, and I hope you did too. So if these apply to you and you're interested about learning and applying everything we talked about in this session to your own life and your own situation, whether now or in the future, all you have to do is subscribe to the show at troykagan.com. You'll, when you subscribe, you'll get an email for every episode with the key strategies and activities for you to apply them to your own situation, and you'll be notified every time there's a new episode out. Thank you so much once again, and have an amazing day.